Hey, everybody, and welcome to another bonus episode of the House of X Book Club, where uh, this episode is a special bonus episode, if there ever could be one, because we are, we're well, we're doing kind of a one-on-one -on -one with each other in the House of X, where we're going to have one member of the Quiet Council interview another so that you, the listener, could get to know us a little better, and we, the members of the House of X Book Club, could get to know each other a little bit better. So we're going to start this one off with our member Rowan interviewing our member Shane. So here we go. Hello. So I'm going to start this off really easy. And I'm going to ask you your name and what you do. Um, my name is Shane and I do as little as possible. Um, I generally pet the cat and um, sometimes give the dog scritches. Um, no, um, I work. I work for a company. We do um, lighting, audio, and uh, video rentals. Luckily, I don't have to be out in the field anymore, and the warehouse and operations manager. So I just make sure that the stuff gets pulled and ready and on the truck. To make sure it works. So kind of boring, and I edit this show, which is a lot more fun. Cool, cool. So you do stuff like for events and. And that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do one of the stages usually at outside lands. Um, for those of the, the people that listen that are big car fans, we do the a good portion of the setup at the concourse down in um, Monterey every year, where they have like the big, expensive, fancy cars, and they open up the ballrooms in the hotel rooms and are driving these, you know, two million dollar Maseratis. <laughs> to park and show wow. off for a week how are you connected to wrestling oh wrestling well um gosh that was probably like 99 or 2000 um so i live in the bay area and i started going to shows for a local wrestling company at the time there weren't quite as many as there are now but um the local promotion was called all pro wrestling and i started going to shows i got in contact with the owner and asked about you know training and volunteering of course in in 2000 i was um like almost 30 so it was a little bit too old to to wrestle but um so i i had already had a lot of experience like so you know i've known roger and rob since high school and they they've known that i've done um av stuff like the um mainly audio at the time since since i was in high school i think um i started going to school with them in 89 or 88 i think it was 88 um and then by 90 i was doing sound for the vocal jazz group at the high school there and um yeah so i've been doing some sort of sort of audio work since 1990 so gosh 33 years <laughs> um yeah so that's and so i started doing sound for all pro wrestling um and then through that i got involved with uh, big time wrestling in newark and then um through through connections and stuff like that i worked for um tna i worked for at the time i think i worked for just about every company except for wwf which was what they were called at the time 
But we, yeah, so I worked for TNA. I worked for a company called Dragon Gate, which is kind of a, a, a offshoot of a Japanese company. That's so I've done audio and video, video editing. I was the assistant producer on a TV show. What else? That's 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 pretty most of it. The oh, I did commentary. I was the ring announcer. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I, I, cool. I think that's it. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where um, you know, this, how much can you do as as one person and um not a lot apparently yes and not have a budget (laughs) (laughs) how much do i have to spend to get this going nothing all right we'll see what we can do how long have you been reading comic books i can tell you so i've been reading comic books since i was little 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 um i have i have some of the first comic books i remember reading was um they were some old um gold key house of secret um comic books that my grandmother had in like the little toy closet she had for when all of us kids came over to her house because she had once everyone got done having kids there were 14 of us for a minute um 13 boys and one girl i tell you she's tough as hell (laughs) (laughs) yeah my my cousin kayla she's awesome but um, yeah, so there were comic books. There was like some Richie Rich and some, and but yeah, House of Secrets. That was the that was the one I remember, and I still have that one. Is that the first comic book you read? That's the first one I remember reading for sure. Um, I mean, aren't a, most children's books a form of comic books? Really, it just is more of a graphic novel than all of them, you know? Because it's like, oh, here's. Here's Jim the bear, and he's going to town to buy some sugar to make a cake for snapping a frog. And <laughs> <laughs> it's all pictures and words. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so you like to read? Yes, yes. I've, I am a huge reader, and I'm very thankful for the invention of the audiobook because I think that that, I feel that that counts. Audiobooks count. Oh, oh yeah, it totally counts. Totally counts. What um what books do you like to read? Do you have like a favorite author or genre? Um, I think if it, for my favorite genre, um, I'm a huge I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Um, so high fantasy is kind of what I kind of lean into, and that that group setting that like Lord of the Rings offers a lot of the books that I read tend to have that like my i think my favorite book series though in that vein would be the Dragonlance series and like the core books by uh margaret weiss and uh tracy hickman that just something about those two writing together is is really special and they've got a really good chemistry working together and the the characters that they create and the mythology that they create around their characters is is as good if not better than the lord of the rings um, of course, you know, it's it's easier to be better when you have the 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 shoulders of of J.R.R. Tolkien to stand on. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this mm-hmm. is what he did. Now, how can we add to it? it so you've got that advantage. I I don't think anyone else is inv- inventing seven different languages before they start writing their book. Right, but, right. <laughs> so that's kind of a high bar to reach for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So when it comes to kinds of stories you like, you're kind of a elves walking and camping type of person more than people complaining and smoking type of person. I mean, you know, I, I, I definitely like to consume books. I think that once I found 
like I really got into audiobooks for a while and there was a series called um, Rogue Angel. Have you heard of that one? No. Okay, so it's this lady who is like supposed to be a descendant of Joan of Arc and oh, she has the ability to um, conjure her sword when she needs to. And she's like an archaeologist and um, there's like 60 books. <laughs> and I did all of wow. them on audiobook. Yeah, so it's like kind of one of those pulp books, like, um, you know, just like the 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 supermarket kind of books. And um, I think that like the other like others, like the one that the Punisher was based on, I think was called um, the Eliminator or something like that. And it was all and there was. I guess there were a few different series, but this character's name was uh, Mac Boland, and. It's this whole long series. And that's an interesting story. And we should go over that maybe as like a special episode, another special episode of the podcast, because Marvel got sued and lost because they copied this character. So Mac Bowen so directly to create the Punisher that there was no way that people could um, distinguish between the two. There was like, no, this is definitely a ripoff. But yeah, that one, there's like there's like just numerous writers and 300 books. They go a little bit too, those books go a little bit too in-depth for me. It's like, uh, you know, this is the, the Ruger 45 and the bullet spin mm -hmm. 17 RPMs. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't need to know that. But I guess that that's one of those things they do to, to fill out the pages when they <laughs> write that many books about the same character. That dude's paid by the word or something. <laughs> I remember years ago we were talking and it was after, it was after, I think we had both seen Forrest Gump. Okay. And um, you were talking about a, a song that had been playing and you said that your relationship with the song had changed because of its placement in the film. And I I remember knowing that you were, realizing that you were a thoughtful person that your relationship with media was thoughtful because you appreciated the way these things you know how these things were done because of this conversation we were having mm -hmm. and when it comes to comics do you is there is there a relationship that that changed with something a poem or a song or another book because of how uh, it was placed in a comic book well, I think within the comic books, I think the just the kind of the it's it's not not necessarily hasn't affected my enjoyment of other media, but I would say that sometimes the way that that the the way because it's just a continuing story and it never ends, that mm -hmm. my my enjoyment of certain characters and certain story arcs can be changed over time by the way that someone else approaches them after the original story was written. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the, I think that I I'm able to hold on to a lot of, a lot of what the music and the, and the, or the poetry means to me now um, more than when I was younger, there's very rare occasions um like the movie Us, um, mm -hmm. when they used that that spooky version of I Got Five on it. And I was oh, like, oh yeah. Man, this is just <laughs> it's so disturbing 
on such a different level. It uh, like now whenever I I I'm not that's not I got five on yeah yeah that just it it, cha- it did that changed my relationship with that song, but then they started doing that with all kinds of different songs, and I remember they did the journey separate ways for the last season of Stranger Things, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, but this doesn't fit because this is all about. Steve, first of all, the song was really, really aggressive and minor key. And it just like when I, I just it's just seemed like Steve Perry was just like angrily trying to get some girl that had a boyfriend to sleep with him. And mm-hmm. so the whole song is him nagging her dude. <laughs> and it's like, man, Steve Perry's kind of an asshole. And when they slow it down, it just really shows that off. So but right. it's like like they I think they overdid it a little bit, but. Yeah, I think that as I get older, like I'm able to retain what the what media means to me, especially like with songs and stuff like that. You know, it takes something really powerful and and really, like I said, like the like the thing from like I got five on it. Just that the just brilliant reimagining, and it has to be coming from someone that is like so next level. Mm-hmm. Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. get out us and even nope i just that i never expected that coming from the guy from key and peel but mm-hmm. then now after that movie after those movies came out and you go back and watch that show and you're like oh there it is mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. like the jamaican vampire <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like this is really dark but yeah so it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of um yeah i can't think of the last time something changed like just fundamentally changed other than us was that was the last time I really had that kind of experience with one form of media changing my my relationship Mm -hmm. with another form of media is there anything that you've seen or read that you think could be adapted really well into a comic um I think I think a lot of what um Quentin Tarantino does would be would be great for like an alternative interpretion not like i think i really i really like is when you're able to um take story elements and turn them into an original story and make it make it your own but still ha- you know you could see oh this was clearly inspired by reservoir dogs you know but like mm-hmm. that I'd love to see like an like a like an all all female version of reservoir dogs i think that would be awesome um, mm. but I think that, yeah, I, I do. I think that, I think that Quentin Tarantino's movies lend themselves to like a long form story and because for one, I mean, there, you know, that there's so much that was not in the, the movies that is still out there. Like the hateful eight, mm-hmm. hateful eight. Like there was like the two hour version that you could go and see or buy in the store and then. They quietly released like a four and a half hour long version on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, it's like there's there's so there's clearly enough out there where you could do like a nice, good, long, slow plotting series of just about any Quentin Tarantino movie, Mm -hmm. you know, the the questionable word choices and 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 foot fetish aside, I think that his 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 (laughs) stories are. But I mean, I think a lot of that. Um, I really liked the the way that the DC did the the Dragonlance series back in the day, where they 
released the the books that Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman did as graphic novels. And then after those were done, they spun it off into their own series that had their own characters and own stories that existed within the Dragonlance um, universe. And, you know, like, so once you've got like a rich lore like that, um, I think that that was, that's a, that's a really fun thing to work with. I think that like a Tolkien would be great. Um, mm -hmm. I think that, I, I think that they tried to do the rogue angel. They, I've, I've got one, but I don't know how many they did. Um, yeah, I think those those three are the first three I can think of. How does X Men specifically resonate with you? Like, why do you keep coming back to this book? Well, I mean, by the time I started reading X Men, the whole group of outcasts definitely spoke to me because um, I was the it, uh, when I met um, Rob and Roger. Um, I was the the kid with the the spiked up hair and multicolored hair in the cowboy capital of the world. Um, which, by the way, Oakdale, I don't think you told anybody in Texas that you were having a competition. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that was so I I definitely resonated with kind of the outcast. I I found it odd that they were considered to be outcast, but at the time there were like thirteen people on the team. <laughs> it's like you got yeah. you got a game of basketball you could run and have three alternates <laughs> <laughs> got some five on five and three alternates right there no i think that that's it really spoke to me and like i, said, I think we mentioned it at one point in one of the episodes we talked about how uh, the first comic i bought either the first comics that i bought were star wars annual number three and because it had uh darth vader on the cover doing the whole i want you pose and um, the other one was like an issue of G.I. Joe and I don't remember. And then as even as a kid, I'd like I saw, um, you know, Larry Hama was as a great writer. And um, I started collecting G.I. Joe early enough that it was uh, before the the whole the big the big issue that kind of set it off was the the silent issue where there were no captions, no um, thought bubbles, no words. It was a silent mission for um, Snake Eyes to wrestle, to, to wrestle. Yes, he was going to wrestle Storm Shadow. <laughs> no grunts, no noises. It was, no, he went to rescue Storm Shadow. Um, but then, yeah, um, and my, my friend uh, Tom, he started collecting X-Men and I read it at his house and it, for whatever, it just resonated with me right off the bat, just the, the misfit and the outcast thing really started to to click with me and you know as i got older the reason i stayed with it um like you know the the characters like wolverine were cool you were like holy crap how does he just not kill everybody and this just be the really the shortest the shortest comic book in history but as I got older, one of the things that I realized and that kept bringing me back, regardless of of what other books I read, because at the same time, the Batman was really cool. I mean, that's when they introduced the KG Beast and they had the Batman Year One and Batman Year Two stories around the same time. Um, and then they, you know, they killed one of the Robins. And there was, but what, what it was that all of the characters in X-Men were well-written 
And the reason that that was important was because there were women on the team and they were as well written as the male characters. And Mm -hmm. like through as once I started hitting my early teens, it was like I started reading the comic. I kept reading those comic books is because they were well written women characters. Um, And they were the ones that I enjoyed the most. It wasn't like a um, at 13 in um, in the 80s. I wasn't I wasn't like, oh, I'm a feminist. And that, so I'm going to read characters that are mm-hmm. women, that are strong women characters. And that's all I want to read. But man, you had characters like Storm and Rogue. And even on the bad guy teams, you had like Mystique and um, and Destiny. And it was all just, everyone had complex stories and complex backstories. And some of them even wove together like Mystique and Rogue. And then there was Captain Marvel who, you know, Mystique had stolen Captain Marvel, or not Mystique, Rogue had stolen Captain Marvel's powers. And and um, Captain Marvel became binary. And just all of the complex storytelling, and the, it seemed like, I don't know whether it was intentional or or if it was just something that happened, but Chris Claremont wrote some amazing female characters. I feel like he just, the, his approach was, to to write these characters uh regardless of whether they were men or women and just um you know fill in their back backgrounds the exactly exactly the same you know give each one the same amount of attention and detail yeah just write good stories yeah yep. make the characters interesting yep yep my last question is what kind of world has superheroes in it Man, you know, I thought about that one for a while. That's really complex. Like, um, do you think it's 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 a world that's? I mean, I think that it's a world where. <laughs> I mean, speaking scientifically for for the first part, it's a world where 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 humans are are much less squishy than they <laughs> are in this one, <laughs> because I mean, you know, we get you know, people that you know, especially with like the the. Um, the 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 origins of so many of these characters it's like yeah yeah my dad's dad's genitals got caught in the cyclone at the at the radio (laughs) at the at the nuclear plant and as a result now i have the power of 47 men um or you know but you know as whereas in real life you know i brush up against the side of the toaster if it was used a half an hour ago and i need to take two days off of work so i mean it's just so it's so hard to imagine that it, that could happen in this one. So I think it's like, yeah, just genetically, everyone has to be much sturdier than what we really are to be able to kind of roll with the punches to, and not, you know, oh, you know, I've been throwing up for four days. I better go to the hospital. And then, you know, Peter Parker died mysteriously at the Sisters of Mercy on 42nd Street in downtown New York. <laughs> just be a much shorter shorter um series that way (laughs) yeah there's that that's the first thing is everyone needs to be much with the humans would need to be much sturdier and then i mean there's there's hints of super villains 
in the world right now. It's just they don't necessarily really want to go through with exposing themselves to nuclear waste in order to become supervillains. I mean, you know, um, what was it? Elon Musk built a flamethrower. If that was not him, like pointing out to all the other, you know, electric car creators that, hey, guess what? I'm going to swing by your house on Tuesday and we're going to talk about who's got the best electric car. Um, so, yeah, there's some super villain tendencies out there. You know, the whole like, yeah, um, Elon, again, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos in their race to prove who can get into outer space soon. That has Fantastic Four written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that, yeah, I think we've got a world full, more full of super villains than we do have superheroes, but that's, uh, I think our, our superheroes are more in the way that we, we inspire each other to be better people and to kind of um, just be better as uh, with what we've got rather than trying to um, be the people that, um, you know, trying to experiment and see what happens when we, when we, you know, dip our butt in the, in the hydrogen tank at the, <laughs> at the, at, at the, at the, at the plant. I don't have hydrogen tanks at work. It's <laughs> <laughs> That's a relief, perhaps. <laughs> I'm not saying I would try it. But I would be tempted. <laughs> I would just start bringing booze to work and then trying to dare everyone else to put their butts in the <laughs> hydrogen tank. Yeah, there you go. No, I don't know. I just, <laughs> Gary got really hammered and just climbed up there on the ladder. <laughs> Fell in. Well, this has been enlightening. <laughs> Thank you very much. So what you're saying is you're an aspiring supervillain. Is that That's what right. you're saying? That's right. I am an Shane? aspiring supervillain. I just, I don't have the budget of a Jeff Bezos. Or a, <laughs> so, yeah. Otherwise, I could totally be a supervillain. I got the claw down. I could totally make the, the Rob Halford Iron Maiden claw with the right hand while I'm... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the first. I want to be the first musical supervillain, where it's like you know, I, not that not that I want to like have like powers like Dazzler, where I turn sound to light or something like that. But I just want to do like kicky little ja jazzy numbers as I'm committing my supervillainy. <laughs> just write my own soundtrack as things goes along. That will be my superpower. Have a song play when you come in the room. That's right. Very nice. Excellent. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, it's been cool. Those all were all right. my questions. Excellent. Well, thank you for putting those together. That was really neat. Thanks. All right. So that was our bonus episode with Rowan interviewing Shane. Uh, of course, we'll get back to some, uh, as Shane puts it, talking smack about the X-Men and, uh, you know, some really cool stuff in the future. So that's it. And we'll see you.